This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I'm Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And today we are joined by the cutest one, and that is Sel Brooks, host of Who Asked Me podcast. Hey. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited, too. For our listeners, we are covering Deliver Us from Eva for the movie's 20th anniversary, which makes me feel old as a hill. But (laughs) I was excited anyway, but then you were watching it and tweeting it last night, and it made me even more excited. I mean, first of all, (laughs) I am a Gabrielle Union Stan. Ever since I was a little girl, I'm like, yep, that's the blueprint. She was one of my golden girlies. For good reason. Like last week we covered Bring It On. And then Mm -hmm. this week, accidentally, just because it was the 20th anniversary, we decided to cover this. And I was like, oh my God, two Gabby movies in a row. This is like Christmas. She's just so good. She gives me chills because... I mean, she's in so much. Like, she's been working for so, so, so long. And you know what's funny is I was listening to something the other day. And somebody included Isis from Bring It On in, like, the top villains. What? Gabrielle Union was like, you guys think she's a villain? After all of that? (laughs) All this, you guys think Isis was the problem. And I was like, who thinks that? Because I'm not above internet bullying when I need to be. So this was my very first time seeing this movie. And I literally like rushed us to push record because I have so many thoughts and I didn't want to like accidentally just start spilling my guts. (laughs) She was so good in this movie. And I love a character who just monologues. Yep. Because, you know, game recognized game. And that's how I live my (laughs) life. Just like her delivery of everything was perfection yeah so good i want shonda to write for gabby i think shonda needs to give gabrielle union a shonda led vehicle because gabrielle union doing a shonda monologue i have literal goosebumps talking about it yeah shonda (laughs) needs to write her like an olivia pope Mm -hmm. long monologue because i know i know gabby will deliver it she will And you said she was everywhere. She is in so many things, but especially from 1999 to like 2004. Mm -hmm. And then the honeymooners happened. And I think she had to take a break whether she wanted to or not. (laughs) I think think she needed to like think about what she was doing. But once being Mary Jane came, then she was unstoppable. I I love her. I really do. Me too. Me too. And I should have said this last week, but you know what? It didn't happen last week, so I couldn't. But a few days ago, she said in Variety that they are working on a sequel to Bring It On to be about the Clovers. And she would be in it, and it would follow them. The coach. She she needs to be the coach. Oh, my God. I will freak out. 
I don't think you understand. I made my parents take me <laughs> to the movies opening day. There are very few movies that, that I mean, bring it on, had to go see opening day. Coyote Ugly mm -hmm. had to go see opening day. From Justin to Kelly, had to go see opening day. I saw it opening day too. I will never forget. It was a two o'clock showing. <laughs> I had to be there from Justin to Kelly. I don't blame you. As you famously know, I held my piss in that whole movie. I didn't want to miss one part. <laughs> So if you want to hear more about my peace stories or maybe even see it one day, you can go to, <laughs> to add a new tier. Yeah, I know. For $50, you can watch me piss. Go to <laughs> patreon.com slash I am the cute one where there's unedited, uncut and unhinged versions of all of our current shows and bonus episodes. All right. So when this movie came out, it was February 7th, 2003. It was, as always, a Friday. LL Cool J decided not only was he going to star in the box office, but All I Have by him and Jennifer Lopez was number one in the U.S., wow. which is a fun little a fun little fact. And then on the other side of the ocean, All the Things She Said by Tattoo was number one. Wow. So bops all around. It doesn't matter where oh you Oh, my live. goodness. <laughs> That song mm -hmm. introduced me to like one of my earliest memories of lesbians. Me too. <laughs> I was like, they're together. They sure were. Running through my head, running and through my I, head. And then I told, I'll never forget, I told my mom, I said, well, mom, I like girls. Am I a lesbian? <laughs> she said, you have to figure that out for yourself later. <laughs> That's a good answer, though. And then I ended up halfway there. <laughs> At the box office, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days was number one. And this movie was number six. So not too shabby. Six. Interesting. This movie was written by Gary Hardwick with the help from James Ivor Matson and B.E. Bronner. And Gary Hardwick wrote 10 episodes of In the House, one episode of Hanging with Mr. Cooper, the movie Trippin', and a 2020 Hallmark movie. So... <laughs> really that career runs the gamut and then Gary Hardwick directed the movie as well and he also directed The Brothers Ooh. I know yeah there are some good things in his career that episode of Hanging with Mr. Cooper I really, <laughs> really enjoyed the budget I don't have I couldn't find how much it cost to make but it made 17.5 million dollars no that can't be right either I saw that when I was recasting I couldn't yeah. remember any of the horrible men's names mm. in this movie. Awful. So mm -hmm. I was like looking it up on Google and I saw that it made 17.5. Okay. So let's hope it didn't cost much because if not, that is really a flop. And we know why they're not working on a sequel to this, I guess. <laughs> That's why they're putting their eggs in the bring it on basket. Yeah. But let's see what critics had to say. So it has a 43% on Rotten Tomatoes. And Chelsea, your nemesis, Roger Ebert, didn't say much. <laughs> okay, wait. Before you tell me what this motherfucker had to say, uh -huh. I do want to say I've gotten your DMs. The last two weeks, <laughs> I have been calling this man Robert Ebert? Have you? Apparently. And I trust the cuties to correct me when I am incorrect. Yeah. So I'm going to continue to call him Robert. <laughs> Wait a minute. I thought it was Roger and Ebert. No, Siskel and Ebert. This whole time I thought it was <laughs> Roger and Ebert. And I was like, God damn, they watch a lot of movies together. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we had to change our podcast listing from movie reviews to comedy. Because we were like, we don't know what the fuck we're talking no, about here. No, Because we were getting new listeners coming in being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. 
There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. Listen, movie reviewers, I did not like really know this genre until I managed at a restaurant with like a plethora mm. of different people. And one of the girls was like a movie buff. She was on mm. all of the boards, all of the everything. So I was like, oh, what's that movie? You know, thinking I'm going to get a light synopsis. No, she goes all mm. the way into it. She goes, yeah, I can send you this board to look at if you want. I said, bored. I'm <laughs> bored right now listening to you. <laughs> I'm going to look at the trailer. Inform my uh, opinion there. Yeah. That's it. And then watch the movie or not and right. then be done. That's and it. maybe tweet about it a little bit, but that's it. I usually don't even look at like Rotten Tomatoes. Like I don't really care what other people mm. are no. saying. I just know if I like it or not. And so there are many movies that I'm like, this is a masterpiece. Top five of the year. And it's like <laughs> I has you. a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I'm the same exact way. I was obsessed with Purple Hearts on Netflix last year. So I don't care. <laughs> I am sure that has a score of like negative five on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> now I do have to go on Rotten Tomatoes only to see if I have to take the moral high ground because like for things like Velma where it already has negative reviews before episode even came out I'm like this is time for me to take a stance I'm rating it a 10 so that I can defeat racism so like when things like that happen oh my gosh such yeah. a social justice warrior you. you're really an activist of our generation <laughs> I'm going to make sure. I didn't even know Velma was out. And then it started getting dragged. And then here comes Donnie. Am I the only person who thinks this is like good? <laughs> just like, I should just have that sentence saved in my drafts for many things that okay. I'm the only one that thinks it's good. Mm -hmm. But Roger Ebert, back to this dead bastard. He's dead? <laughs> and one person. One gravestone. Oh, wow. Damn. <laughs> missed his whole life thinking he was two people <laughs> that's all right he's my nemesis so i don't know if he was afraid of like by me probably being labeled a racist or what but he did not say anything bad about this movie he literally just like wrote what it was about that was the whole review like he he was like gabrielle union does this ll cool j does this da, 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 da. no opinion whatsoever one sentence was kind of an opinion and i pulled it just so i could bring it here he said it proceeds so deliberately from one plot point to the next that we want to stand next to the camera holding up cards upon which we would have lettered clues and suggestions. I don't even like that sentence, but I am glad he didn't bring an innocent coffee chain into his review this time. Uh, Dragging Dunkin' Donuts for no reason in that Spice Girls review. Rude. What does Dunkin' Donuts have to do with fucking Spice Girls? Exactly. I gotta limit my F words. I got a comment that said I say fuck too much. Oh, oh. fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> and fuck Robert Ebert. <laughs> <laughs> so normally this part of the show I read three taglines and you pick which one you're gonna fuck marry or kill this time however there is only one tagline so you just tell me if you're gonna fuck marry or kill it okay the tagline is lead us into temptation but deliver us from Eva I'm gonna kill it because <laughs> this movie was so fucking misogynistic that we need to be delivered to Eva, okay? Mm. Not from, the, everybody needs to be delivered to Eva. She is a fucking feminist icon mm -hmm. and she is underrated. She was before her fucking time, but we'll get into it. Agreed. I'm just gonna retweet everything that she just said. <laughs> So with that said, I'll put my pussy hat on really quick and say, don't come for me. Because when I framed this episode in my notes, I framed it in the way the men and the people around her see her. Okay? Mm. So I 
I do not believe the words I say about Eva. Okay. God and bless. I believe that in 2003, you felt the same way. Well, it was Gabrielle Union, so I did. If oh. it was that short-haired woman that he was running around with in the beginning, I would have felt otherwise. Our feminist icon, <laughs> Donnie Hadfield-Smith. If the woman has long hair, he's all in. Yeah, God bless. <laughs> Women are here to be my own personal Barbie. But once you chop it with those Play-Doh scissors, fuck you. Throw I it out. I cut my hair yesterday. <laughs> But I have a How on. short? Oh, it's like to my chin. Oh, wow. I'm going natural, though. So, like, I'm trying to get all of the oh, relaxer off. But, yes, I yeah. did cut my hair. And I almost thought about not wearing my wig on right now. And just to have you just see my short hair. I'd be like, I was like, Donnie would hate me. And maybe it's my white guilt, but I support a natural hair journey. Yeah, you should. Or else you're racist. And we know from his Velma reviews, he is not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no way he could be. <laughs> Thank you. So, so, so moving on, which character, if any, do you identify as in this movie? Eva. <laughs> Eva. Like, I just watched this movie and a lot started making sense. I almost was like, I probably could cancel therapy for this week because <laughs> a lot is just in perspective for me. These are the movies I grew up watching. And I remember back in the day, I was like, I don't really think anything's wrong with Eva. Mm -hmm. Men run from her. Her sisters listen to her. Even once she switched it up and got a man in her life, people still always wanted to be her. And one thing about yeah. me is I am a delusional Aries. So mm. no matter what, I do think that people want to be me often. I don't think that's delusional. Mm -mm. I want to be you a little bit. Listen, yeah. I <laughs> am always the main character in my mind. See, I love Eva. I'm obsessed with Eva. She won me over in the first 60 seconds of her being on screen when she started delivering that first monologue. And she was talking about men versus women mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. women who aspire to be cultured versus men who aspire to scratch. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm all in. I love this woman. I will say I'm not... I don't know if it's like as confident, but I'm not as like meddling as she is. Like I am the main character in my life, but I really am so narcissistic that I'm very much just focused on me and what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm also a Gemini, so I am a brat like Jackie. Yeah. Like I'm more that energy. <laughs> what about our little Pisces baby? What are you, Donnie, in this movie? I know a cab, but I am still the cop, Mike, because he. Oof. Fuck. Him. I know. I know. I'm not fully him, but out of which character I relate to most, he told LL Cool J what to do, paid him, and then still didn't trust him. So he had to repeatedly like come check in on him and say like, hey, I just want to make sure you're doing it right. Hey, what if you do this instead? Hey, you're not doing it. Okay, so I'm just going to kidnap you. Hey, here's this fake police report. I've dropped it up. <laughs> yeah, I... I uh, yes, correct. <laughs> he is public enemy number one for me right now. I went to bed pissed off that that is a character that exists. I don't even like Dwayne Martin anymore because of that motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely hate him, but that is who I am. So with, um, you know, me relating to bossing people around, let's put one minute on the clock and now you tell us the synopsis of this movie. Okay, I came prepared. Perfect. In this extremely sexist rom-com, three complete losers convince another loser to con a feminist icon who was way before her time to fall in love with him so she can butt out of their lives with her sisters in and they can have access to all of the family money that does not belong to them. After trying to con Eva, he realizes that she's actually great and the other men are really the issue, like everything else in this world, and he falls in love. However, he has to tell her what he's done before he can live his life with her. He gets punched in the face before Jesus and then shows up on a white horse in All Is Well, unfortunately. 
Oh, I can't wait. That is perfect. Like I said before, my mm-hmm. words reflect how these men that wrote this movie wanted us to think. Okay? okay. But I really think that. God bless. <laughs> so our movie begins with the funeral of LL Cool J. And since it's a movie from the early 2000s, I assumed he was hit by a car. But then we are introduced to the woman who killed him, Eva Dandridge. Maybe she was driving. I don't know. But... We flashback pre-funeral to Eva in action, ruining the lives of her sister's men by having them stand up for themselves to their husbands. There's Karina, who won't get pregnant because Eva tells her not to. Bethany, who won't move in with her cop boyfriend if they're not married because Eva tells her not to. And Jackie, who... I don't know what her problem is, but I'm sure it's Eva's fault somehow. Is it that she studies? What is Jackie's problem in the movie? Jackie does not have a problem. So listen... In true early 2000s fashion, Megan Good is in this movie because she was one of the it girlies in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. She was so underrated in a lot of her roles mm-hmm. because like Mama can act. She's a great actress, but they always just used her to just like be there. When I was watching her and like listening to her lines, I was just like, she can act. I don't know why they didn't like give her an actual role. Yeah, basically yeah. it was that she had to study, but her husband wanted to fuck. Ugh. Like her sister was encouraging her to pursue higher education. So obviously Eva is the wrong one here. Right. Yeah. Well, of course. Because I don't want to bounce up and down on my husband's dick. That's literally always there. <laughs> my God. How I dare mean, me? Eva was meddling, but like she did look out for everybody. Like that yeah. one man was pooping too much. She gave him a colonoscopy. Right. That's a real issue. If you're pooping that much that like your sister-in-law knows about it, you need medical attention. No, but for real, I don't fucking feel bad for him. I don't. Me neither. If a finger up your butt's the worst thing that happens to you in your life, welcome to Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Because Jackie's boyfriend then like ranted about his past and he was like, I used to have little people strip for me or whatever he said. I don't know. Yeah. Different word in the 2000s. Right. Well, I'm not saying that. 10 miles away from the town that I grew up in, there is a town called Freeburg and their mascot is... Oh, no. Yeah. The word for a little person that we're not saying. And it still is to this day. Wait, the mascot of the town? Yeah. The high school, the elementary school, all of it. Yeah. It made national news. (laughs) I thought I told you guys this, but then I remembered. I was explaining this. When I was tripping on shrooms with my friends to them in Joshua Tree in the middle of the desert. I can't understand how coming on this podcast could feel yeah, like you're tripping I, on shrooms <laughs> at Joshua Tree. Like, I told them this like peak shroom trip and they oh were like, God. no, no. And then afterwards they're like, oh, remember that story? You I go, it's not a story. And I had to pull up the article and show them. But yes, it's still to this day, they fought to keep the name and won. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. Well, Yeah. (laughs) So naturally, the men, Mike, Tim, and Daryl, can't handle this situation on their own. So, taking a page out of Shakespeare and the writer of 10 Things I Hate About You's book, they try to find a man for Eva so that she spends her energy focusing on him instead of telling her sisters how to behave. A sensitive man who is also a dude that can hit that ass until she starts speaking in tongues. Enter LL Cool J. And I know you're both rolling your eyes. It's so disgusting. Feminist 
feminism 100%. But as a gay man, please hit that ass until I speak in tongues. In my notes right here, in bold letters, I just wrote in parentheses, Donnie comes over LL Cool J. So that's exactly what I'm using this time to do because Patreon.com slash I am the cute one to see all that come. <laughs> Meanwhile, in my notes, I wrote, Chelsea talks about how LL Cool J is the worst actor she has ever seen. That's not <laughs> I true. I mean, it might be a bit hyperbolic, but I haven't seen such a performance since I don't know when. <laughs> no, here's the thing. I think <laughs> maybe this is just not the type of man you're attracted to, but he was given it. This was a performance, and I think 313 episodes of NCIS will beg to differ, Chelsea. This is a man that can act and has a career for it. Listen, like, I used to want to fuck Channing Tatum so fucking bad. And still, I mean, mm-hmm. still would. Mm-hmm. However, Channing Tatum can't act. No, until you see she's the man. He can act he can in act that because that. he's playing himself. Thank you. He's playing an idiot. Well, he's playing a sex object no, like LL he cool is. In this. His performance was very, like, iced tea adjacent <laughs> in SVU. No, disagree. Where he's like, a broken clock is wrong twice a day, <laughs> so I'm going to try to catch this perp now and it's like you are reading off no you're reading off of robert ebert's cue card standing by the camera or whatever the fuck he said no you know what it is he wanted to put his hand on his dick the whole time he spoke but he couldn't because then that will get in the way you can't focus but i knew i could just tell where he wanted that hand to be you know in that song when he's like this pratt is no 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 That's how he acted the whole time. And I'm really hot no. behind my neck right now. Even just saying if it. If I thought I embarrassed Zell with my iced tea impression, I think you just took back the time. I cannot. But what I need to say in my notes is all these men are talking about, oh, she needs to get her ass tapped until she speaks in tongue. I said, that's how I know their wives are faking orgasms. Mm. Yeah. So if monologuing, referring to herself in the third person as mama, openly making jokes about how poorly the men perform in bed, forcing them to get rectal exams, and making them relocate their game night to have the ladies' book club instead didn't prove how much of a terror Eva is, we find out that there's no debating she's the worst kind of human when we find out she's a health inspector. Listen, Eva <laughs> being a health inspector is so on brand okay (laughs) as a person who has worked at a restaurant that got a c rating before Mm -hmm. which if you know anything about restaurants that might as well be a fucking f Mm -hmm. health inspectors (laughs) in eva the venn diagram it's a fucking circle they're terrifying i agree the restaurant i used to work at in times square that i'm not going to say the name of here obviously in this story but you can go back and listen literally any other episode and you'll know (laughs) what the name of this company is it's based on a tom hanks movie oh and yeah it's a seafood restaurant mm-hmm. yeah so, so when we would get grades that aren't a's you still have to put it in the window so we would like hide it in like a big display <laughs> that was like today d today d only 50 percent off oh i'm sorry God. i've only been to gumshrimp one time it was in you Vegas. said the name oh sorry sorry <laughs> I've only been to one. I was in Vegas. And you know how I know the food was bad is because I was so drunk and I said, this is disgusting. Oh, wow. Do you remember what you got? A po' boy, I think. See, I like their po' boys. Do you want to know something so disturbing? Uh-huh. The only time I've ever been to Bubba Shrimp Company is in New Orleans and I got a po' boy. No, Chelsea. Mm-hmm. It was the last day of Jazz Fest and we were in shambles and it was the point of a hangover where it was like Mm. if i don't eat in 
the next 35 seconds, I'm going to be vomiting the rest of the day. And it was like the first restaurant we ducked into. And then I was like, well, might as well. We're in New Orleans. I'll get the New Orleans style food. And then we're like eating it. It's like disintegrating in my mouth. It was like very adjacent to my mom's chicken, which I've talked about. And I just was like, how has my life brought me to this moment? Yeah. See, now I do like a bubblegum company, po' boy. However, your problem was being in New Orleans and going to Bubba Gumstrom. Yes, absolutely. But I can't speak because when tourists ask me, oh, where should I eat in New York? I'm like, I don't know. I only go to Olive Garden, for God's sake. It's very much Michael <laughs> Scott being like, I'm going to get myself a New York slice. <laughs> Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTEONE, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. So the setup is in effect, and at a family barbecue, LL Cool J asks Eva out. She's looking for a gentleman that will respect her mind, body, and spirit. And he can certainly respect two of the three, but he can't make any promises about her body. This movie, I already came. It was in my notes, but this movie makes me so horny. You'll hear it from me more than once, because when they dance on that fucking mayor's ball dance floor... I swear to God. I will say the part that made me horny was when Jackie and her terrible, terrible husband almost had a full sex scene. Mm. But I think it just has to do with Megan Good. I am not bisexual by any means, but I do love to make out with a woman. So then seeing a man I wanted to 
fold me like a pretzel and Gabrielle Union on that dance floor, I was truly heated. And I was mad because, as you know, Chelsea, I told you I was running behind today, so I had to go right from watching this movie and making my outline to this, so I didn't even have time to pleasure myself in between. <laughs> what part of that made you horny? The part where she dipped him? Because I... At all of it, Sal. When he licked you his little like lip. You are like a cat in here. He is writhing behind that microphone. I know. <laughs> Listen, El Uncle has always done it to me. I can't help it. That's why I have that impression so good. Proud is what you have. Baby, <laughs> Oh, yeah, I hate it, too. (laughs) However, Eva needs to test him out before she says yes and makes him eat her spicy baked beans, the test that separates the men from the boys. I'm not familiar with the spicy baked bean test, but when I started dating Quinn, he made me watch Jackie's Back. I don't know if you're familiar. It's like a made-for-TV movie with Jennifer Lewis, and nobody in the world has seen it except for him and, like, a few other gay black men. And he was like, I make everyone I date watch this to see if they like it. So I obviously would have pretended I liked it even if I didn't, but I actually did. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. Do you test people or were you tested? The only test I gave my husband was first of all i need to be very clear i planned on fucking him and then just like letting him go off into the world but the only test i gave him is that i booty called him one time he didn't answer then i got drunk and decided to do it again see if he answered that was his last chance mm. he did oh good he passed yeah he left the club oh wow the VIP section that he paid for yeah wow. i text him i said hey this is your last chance you want to come over he said Oh, are you having an after party? Because he was at a club and I was at a popular bar. He goes, are you having after bars? I said, no, just you and me. He goes, I'm on the way. (laughs) Look at you now. I think just dating me in general is just a series of tests. It's like the Hunger Games. Like if you make it to the end still alive, it's probably time to marry you. So he passed with flying colors. God bless him. I'm still being tested. (laughs) (laughs) So even though LL Cool J passed the bean test, his good luck doesn't last long. When he shits his brains out and has to see that (laughs) proctologist. Most women have a few walls up, but Eva has an electrified fence with rabid pit bulls guarding it. And while some sparks fly during the drive to their dinner date, a run-in with the chef, who Eva had fired previously, ends their date early, with Eva calling LL Cool J nothing more than a meat man who totes pig carcasses around. Which is true. (laughs) It is. I didn't really understand. I knew, like, he was testing her in little ways and, like, making it seem like he wasn't interested so she'd be more interested, whatever. But the truck was too much for me. That's what I wanted to know from you guys, like, would you get in the car with somebody for a date in a meat truck? I mean, probably, but <laughs> I was so concerned he was going to crash it. I thought that's where they were going when they were singing that song and he was doing mm. like, again, the acting skills. He was doing the driving <laughs> version of like moving his arms. He's like, I'm definitely driving and just fully looking at her singing. I was like, oh, he's going to smash this meat truck into something. And I'm about to say something that might be wildly unpopular. I apologize. Now it's time for my disclaimer. Gabrielle Union cannot sing. I felt like I was watching an episode of Glee. Like, it was painful. First of all, I would literally, if a guy came to pick me up in a meat truck, I would be like, I will get us an Uber and then you can Venmo me the rest or (laughs) we can just not go because I'm not getting in that yeah Yeah. I guess for a first date it's like am I gonna be the meat in the back of this truck by the end are you going to skin me alive like what's happening here (laughs) I'm not getting in it (laughs) ever especially because of where they were headed Mm. I feel like if they went miniature golfing or somewhere, like somewhere where people wouldn't see you get out Mm-mm. of this meat truck, that's one You want thing. to be seen getting out of it because if not, you're not getting out of that meat truck. 
That's where you go to die. I'm not getting fucking in it. Dude, you got to think about the smells. That thing fucking smells. You're right. And I am sure there is slop slushing around in the fucking bath. You're right. Yeah. No, And I would have punched that restaurant manager in her fucking face. <laughs> okay, first of all, when she goes creamy, isn't it? I was like, Disgusting. no follow-up questions for me. No, thank you. But also, it's not like she's... Because she's off the clock, she's not still a health inspector. You know what I mean? Right. Like, she's actively telling a person who could get a restaurant shut down that she is a disgusting slime ball who's, like, jerking it into a creamy-based yeah. pasta. You know? Yeah. Eva should have called her coworker and said, like, we hey. We need a DNA swab in the salad. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if LL Cool J was the chef, then I would say, I'll get a doggy bag as well. <laughs> so when <laughs> when LL Cool J says she can pick what they do if she accompanies him on a second date, she agrees, but only because she can't normally afford to go horseback riding by herself. So she uses this man that she knows is saving for a house. So he voluntarily drives a pig truck to pay for her to go horseback riding. Hell has frozen over because I... Am on the man's side on this one. Wow. Because why does Ray have to make up for that first date? She was the one who picked the restaurant. She was the one who makes everyone in town want to poison her or come into her salad. <laughs> why does he have to make up for it? Because she can't eat anywhere. You um, know? No, because I'm going to break down some a few things that didn't make any fucking Please sense. Please do. Take it away, Aries. First of all, the house that Eva lives in, in what world you can afford the utilities for that house? Because she said insurance paid for it, right? You can afford the utilities and the insurance for that house, but you can't afford to go ride a fucking horse? <laughs> One. Two. Ray, first of all, we know his finances. He's getting $5,000 to do this shit. So he should have chucked that up. And then he is True. also getting expenses from the guys to take her on a date. So I don't feel bad for him with money whatsoever. You should have wanted to get up out of that fucking seat when you heard how that lady was talking to me in the fucking first place. Don't tell me to calm down. Like, <laughs> don't tell me to calm down. And he did fake choke. Exactly. Oh. That and was, he didn't yes. even do the universal sign for choking, which is the biggest cardinal sin. Everyone knows two hands over the throat means I'm choking. I'm choking. I don't feel bad for him whatsoever. And I don't understand why Eva is pretending she can't afford a horseback ride. Yeah. She's a genius because this plants the seeds for later, his grand gesture uh. of, spoiler alert, buying her a fucking horse. <laughs> but I want this to be a, a cute little segue because speaking of this grand gesture, I asked the cuties for their biggest, dumbest grand gestures that they oh. have ever given or received and these are big and dumb so we're gonna start small <laughs> and we're gonna make our way to the grand finale all right so first up my ex got me a fancy year-long cheese subscription service for my birthday nine months post breakup and last contact Thanks for the cheese. Oh, wow. I love cheese. I'd be happy with that. <laughs> um, this one was sweet. My best friend picked me up at the airport with a sign that said prom question mark. Senior year melted my heart. Sweet. That's cute. What? <laughs> like a promposal. So. I don't fucking know. I got dumped on prom and left at a <gasps> table with all of the fucking couples. The next day I went and got my first tattoo and started my very, very unhealthy coping mechanism of getting tattooed and pierced when I'm upset. <laughs> yeah, same. One day when I reveal my eyes, I will also reveal the several tattoos I have in Comic Sans font, but that's a tale for another day. <laughs> oh, I didn't know about those. <laughs> um, okay, a couple more. Got asked out with a handwritten letter written in the guy's blood. <gasps> Politely declined. First of all, how did he... Gotta imagine the... 
pointer finger, maybe? A sleeping beauty prick? Did he wait for it to dry and then oh, close it? Yeah, was it wet when you received it? Because that makes it somehow worse. Well, blood dries fast. On paper? <laughs> yeah, everywhere. When I like test my blood sugar, I feel like I have to prick myself three times. Mm. I just run out of blood. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking now. This was submitted by Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> Last one. This didn't happen to me, but a kid in my high school asked a girl to go to a dance by holding a sign that said, I don't want to go to prom with Andy. And then he put lighter fluid on his pants and lit his pants on (gasps) fire to make a play at Liar, Liar, Pants on Fire. Oh, my God. He was wearing fire-resistant pants, but the lighter fluid had pooled in his shoes and his feet caught on fire. He was running around screaming and it smelt like burning flesh. An ambulance had to be called and he ended up being life flighted to a bigger city's burn unit. Oh my God. Private school boys are a different kind of stupid. She did go to the dance with him though, wheelchair and all. I love this podcast. (laughs) I am not okay. (laughs) Like, I'm really not. I cannot believe Do you feel like you're on mushrooms at Joshua Tree? Um, (laughs) Close to it. (laughs) So the second date is a success. And now that Eva has a man, she's giving A's and inspections. She's horseback riding for fun on her own. Tim and Karina are talking about babies. Mike is sleeping over. And Jackie is cuddling instead of studying. Everything is going well until it isn't. Ray's falling for Eva and doesn't want to hold up his end of the bargain by chasing her out of town. And Eva is offered a job in Chicago that she's thinking about. Now, we already talked about the patriarchy and all of those things. But I think this scene where she discusses if she's going to take the job or not in the like beauty shop with her sisters, I think that is literally, even though there's four lead women, mm-hmm. I think this is the only scene that passes the like, Bechdel test. No, the lady said she came into her salad. <laughs> well, who came? They were talking about oh, a man, Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Unless it was her flicking the bean for the salad. (laughs) So anyway. I do want to make a point. Yeah, please. That these men, we already knew that they sucked, but they sucked extra fucking Mm -hmm. hard because, oh, there we go, me and the F words again. (laughs) Please. Because they got Eva to be preoccupied, right? But then their wives and girlfriends are like, Okay, but actually you need to be more like him. So baby, maybe the problem is y'all. Mm-hmm. Like I find it funny that all of these times these men were told, you're the problem, you're the problem, you're the problem. And they just said, can't be. Right. Now that we have Eva preoccupied, now we're not living up to Ray. Mm-hmm. But we're not the problem. You know what I thought was like the most disturbing of the in-law storyline was the one in-law who wanted a baby but like might have had a drinking problem like his father thank you that was so disturbing when she was like please baby just for me don't have a drink tonight and he's like foaming at the mouth like i'm not like my dad and it's like if you want a baby this badly surely going one night without a drink is fine that was my number two (laughs) Mm. my number one was mike and his obsession with their mother. <gasps> yes. Because it, it's not like that was inheritance. Like they explained it. Mm-hmm. Those girls were orphaned, orphaned. And they started 
a bank account yeah. with their own money and kept putting money into it. Mm -hmm. You're not even married into this family. You're a boyfriend and you are obsessed with it. He brings it up. I was like, this motherfucker, <laughs> why is nobody pulling his fucking pin right now? Because if that were me, if those were my sisters, I would be like, hey, Bethany, mm -hmm. do you not find it weird? Your boyfriend's obsession with our family money? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't think that's weird that he is obsessed with money that we have put into a bank account when our parents passed away <laughs> for us to survive on. Yeah. And now he's all up in the business. I would be up my sister's ass about that shit. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, listen, you and your dirty John boyfriend, go the <laughs> fuck over there and don't come back over here until you yeah. leave him. And we will get into how this movie just wraps up in a nice little bill. Uh. But I certainly, after learning that you spent $5,000 of presumably our money to do the shit you've been doing, would you get not a penny from my trust five thousand mm -mm. dollars to get rid of my sister i would have divorced those men so fucking bad and then i would have been like oh no no no, judge since he's got five thousand dollars to pay to get rid of my fucking <laughs> sister all of his paychecks over here babes emotional <laughs> abuse i would have been like listen to this shit you are not gonna believe it judge i would have their asses by their fucking testicles <laughs> they would be begging for eva by the time i was done I do feel like it's obvious that men wrote this movie, but around this part of the movie is like where it truly needs a rewrite if it were to be updated, because this is where it just goes downhill and there's no making up for it. This is where? I think if we took the first two thirds of the movie, we could write it to a place where like the people that should be punished are punished. But this is where we're like, oh, that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So the two attend the mayor's ball where Eva runs into her first, Daryl from Charmed, and his wife, Kenya Moore. Um, there's really nothing else to say about that. I just wanted to. So fun. After the ball, the two have sex. Let me feel my neck, make sure I'm okay. Burned a hole in the floor. They, <laughs> they sure did. <laughs> and now that they've bared their bodies and souls and are the most intimate, he makes her again tell him a joke, which I hate when people say tell me a joke, because most of the time we're in like a work setting or somewhere where I can't tell you my favorite joke <laughs> is the one my grandfather told me, how do you get a non-pregnant, you fucker? So if we're at an elementary school and you say, tell me your favorite joke, I can't. And then I look like I'm not funny and I know I'm funny. So just please don't ask me to tell me my favorite joke. Anyway, the men's plan, <laughs> the men's plan backfires and Jackie, Karina and Bethany use Eva and LL Cool J as the barometer to which relationships should be measured. And if paying someone $5,000 and the money it took to take Eva out wasn't enough to prove these men are fucking unwell, they then kidnap Ray and hold him in a warehouse as they fake his death. And this is already a not smart in the head behavior, but to make it worse, they leave a key. It was an escape room. It was an OG <laughs> escape room. Like, how are you going to get the key? Are you yeah. going to be able to get out of those handcuffs to Huckleberry <laughs> Finn your way into your own funeral? The fact that, like, y'all had to tie him up and then he still almost choked you to death and you probably sharded on yourself. Well, we know the one at least. Did. And then Mike just using, yeah. you know, his police powers for bad. A cab. Faking a fucking police power. I said, yeah. everything is wrong with him. Also, did you guys notice like the the pile of like snacks they left <laughs> no. him? It was just 
like a hodgepodge of like chips, but like fun size chips that you take to the kids like after soccer <laughs> candy, but not a water, not a single drop of any liquid. All of the food that he that they left for him that he would have eaten would have left him unwell. Oh, wow. No, he was in his underwear and chained up. So I did not notice any food. I was making my own salad dressing during the scene. I'm going to need to like implement a spank bank clause where you have to jerk it before we record, Donnie, because this is unhinged behavior even for you. That might be worse. <laughs> How would that be worse? Because then you'd be like, oh, you know, Chelsea, I took your word for it. I fucking whacked it so good. You would never That's believe true. He's going to tell me. Hole in the floor. Yeah. Oh, God. Thank you. Um, So anyway, he escapes and interrupts his own funeral. And after LL tells Eva the truth, she punches him in the face, (laughs) well-deserved, and takes the job in Chicago. And then this is where she loses me. For whatever goddamn reason, she apologized to the sister's boyfriend. I was (laughs) screaming. The fact that those women even let those men stay in the house Mm -hmm. with them. I would have called the cops. There's a law. There's a law that was broken. A couple laws. Somehow, some way. This is not a normal reaction or plan. No. This family would be shattered in shambles. This family would never be able to recover. They would never be the same. And yet all of these sisters, including Eva, is like, oh... Well, even though you just kidnapped and faked a murder, like, I think now is the time to move forward with our important life plans. Let's have that baby. The fact that you paid a man to get rid of my sister, that's enough for me, babe. Mm-hmm. That's enough for me. But then you fake this motherfucker's death. And then I'm like, actually, you know what? Super spray me. Shoot up the club up in that bitch. <laughs> Put a baby in me. I think the fuck not your penis won't even touch me again well especially because you're stupid like if you're gonna be in a true crime documentary be the one that gets away be an unsolved mystery version i get the ick so fucking easily which is like crazy because i'm married right (laughs) being married is just like overcoming the ick exposure therapy yeah (laughs) i get the ick so fucking easily like these men would have never been able to touch me again no and then not only that i would have spent the next year of my life fucking their co-workers, their friends, their siblings Mm -hmm. to make them just hate their fucking lives for what they did to me and my family. I would purposefully bust it wide open on the family couch in the house that they grew up in. So they would walk (laughs) in to me seeing me get my fucking back broke. Yeah. If I was Essence Atkins, I would get pregnant with the cop's father (laughs) and say, yeah, meet your brother, honey. That's not Pisces. And then that brother inherits Ooh, the fund. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Good one. Yeah. So with Eva now in Chicago, LL Cool J sells his house, quits his job, buys her a horse, and threatens to wait outside of her job every day until she forgives him. And if this wasn't LL Cool J, it would be creepy. But it is LL Cool J, so it's romantic. And the start of a happily ever after. First of all, I know it's the early odds. So like buying a house, selling a house, a lot more simple than it is now. But also you sold your house to get me this horse. Where do you live now, sir? Now you put that onus and that responsibility on me uh-huh. if I get back together with you to house you. True. Are you fucking kidding me? No. And then this horse, oh, I paid for it to live for a year. 
what if I don't have the money after mm. a year? You obviously don't have the money because you don't have a fucking job right now. I agree with you there. But in his defense, in terms of him not having a job or a place to live, they still need people to transport meat in Chicago. So That's he'll true. get a job. He transporting that horse meat after a year. That's for sure. <laughs> Taking a nice trip to the glue factory. Oh Anywho, so final thoughts on that note. If we were to bring this movie to present day, who would we cast in a remake or what would we want the plot to a sequel to be? I have a whole cast. Oh, please. In a plot twist oh, for two of the okay. characters. Donnie is going to be more than happy <gasps> with this. Eva is going to be Kiki mm-hmm, Palmer. Mm-hmm. Jackie is going to be Zendaya. Ooh. Okay. Karina is going to be Hallie Bailey, and then Bethany will be Chloe. Oh, Bailey. fun. Okay. Okay. Ray is going to be Coffee Cerebe. Oh, Big, hunky, uh-huh. juicy motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, yummy. Daryl is going to be Demetrius Ship, and he's going to be married to Zendaya. Okay. And then Mike, my arch nemesis, uh-huh. is going to be O'Shea Jackson, because uh-huh. I don't like his face. <laughs> and then okay. Tim is going to be Tyler James Williams. Mm. The two hairdressers, okay. the friends, they're going to have more of a role because they needed more yeah. screen time. Mm-hmm. Like when Ooh. they were talking to, I think it was Mike, and there was some fucking homophobic joke. And the uh, guy hairdresser was like, oh, let me call headquarters. Take Mike off the list. Oh, 69. <laughs> I laughed so hard. But to cast them, I'm going to cast Quinn and Don. <gasps> oh, oh. I think you guys could body those roles perfectly. Oh, thank you. Love that. I got the chills again. I told you. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. So I won't be able to follow that because I didn't cast Donnie, so he's not going to like it as much. But (laughs) I did do a sequel, and I just want a sequel where we flash forward to present day, and we see the long-term ramifications of three brother-in-laws faking the death of a soon-to-be and now current family member. Like, what does this family look like now? What happened to Mm -hmm. the horse? Like, I really want to get into those family dynamics. Love that. Mm I could have been in it, but that's the only thing you messed okay. up. Um, I didn't cast it as well as you saw, but I did cast Kiki Palmer as Eva. And then I was like, my job here is done and didn't cast anything else. I mean, Checks. if we did a remake, I would like to see the men attempt to pull this scheme on Eva and the ladies. And then in turn, they all know <gasps> and they hold them captive in a warehouse and torture them and then dump them and then live happily ever after together. That's great. I want to see the men suffer. Mm -hmm. There are sins to be answered for this movie because I literally was like, the misogyny in the world in general, Uh but especially in the black community, I'm like, no fucking wonder. We just have a lot of the issues we have. But then I think about my mom and I said, this lady really knew what she was doing because not once did I ever, ever, ever need a grand gesture. Think that I needed to like be calmed down by speaking in tongue and like doing all that. Like I was like, that lady really just drilled into me. We don't need men. They are accessories. She also taught me that you fuck whoever you want to fuck. I love that. That's the thesis statement. This movie is kind of like if the wet bandits from Home Alone won in the end. Like they got the fortune and then they got to like have sex and marry beautiful, stunning, intelligent women. You know, mm-hmm. like same mm-hmm. energy, wet bandits. And then all of these women still look the same. Yes. So. Okay. So this takes us to our next section for final, final thoughts. What about this movie aged well and what aged like blockbuster? What aged well was 
all of the women in this movie. Yeah. Literally aged well. Not the men, though. Look, Donnie, LL Cool J is not aging that well. Neither am I, so I would still ride it. (laughs) And Dwayne Martin and the other two, I looked them up. The Tim guy, I was like, who's that? I don't remember who that is. And I was like, oh, that's him. So I think (laughs) that it's karma for them taking these roles. Daryl, this was his last movie role ever. So that's karma as well. No, I looked that up as well. Not like Robert and Ebert. (laughs) But what aged not well, Daryl said the R word a lot. Mm -hmm. And then there were a lot of gay homophobic Mm punchlines. I assume you did not watch the post-credits Marvel scene. No. After the credits, the gay hairdresser is on the phone outside and the sister that is not Essence Seconds or Megan Good. Bethany. Yes, yeah, yeah. She goes out and she's like, what are you doing? He was on the phone. He is straight pretending to be gay because straight hairdressers can't get a job in L.A. So he's on the phone with his girlfriend. And he's like, yeah, baby, you know, I just pretend to be gay. And then she comes out. He's like, I'll be right there, girl. <laughs> And then that's the end of the movie. <laughs> huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> what the yeah. hell? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> the early aughts are so fucking wild. Like, they yeah. were so wild. And we talk about this all the time. But 2000 to 2010, I think, are the most cringy movies that yeah. just, like, do not age well. Because... They thought they were being edgy and cutting edge. And now it's just like, oh, no, this was just like horrifically offensive. Yeah. Live, laugh, love. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. My God. Yeah. So that is the end. So thank you so much for coming. We had a wonderful time. I knew I would as soon as I saw your tweets. Oh, it was a pleasure. (laughs) I'm so happy. I came into your question box and said, what am I coming up? <laughs> Me too. Sure. And as soon as you said, deliver us for me, but I don't even fucking remember. What was the other one? Titanic? Something I definitely wasn't <laughs> yeah. I definitely was not fucking watching three hours. Uh, I don't understand what the fuck James Cameron's problem is. Uh, that man wants to hold us captive at the movie. But as soon as you said, deliver us from Eva, I said, this is a fucking sign. <laughs> It is. It's fate. I love Gabrielle Union. Me too. I love her. The next Gabrielle Union movie we do will bring you back. I don't know what movie that's going to be, but it won't be The Honeymooners. I've never seen that movie. Don't. (laughs) Well, I don't know, because I love Love and Basketball, and I will not be wavering. I love Love and Basketball. It's good. People are like, that is the most toxic. (gasps) I don't want to hear anything about the toxicity of that relationship. Mm -hmm. It's toxic, and I fucking love it. Me too. Okay? Oh, my God. Break up the fucking marriage. (laughs) Break it all up. Get on the basketball court and bribe that man and tell him if you win a game that he's got to be with you. Well, we just found your next episode. Yeah, we'll have to have you back because I fucking love that movie. That movie was a sexual awakening for me, for sure. Me too. I thought that was going to be what was losing my virginity, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And I got chlamydia. Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) All right. So on that note, let everyone know where they can find you, follow you, give you chlamydia. You cannot give me chlamydia. <laughs> However, you can follow me on Instagram at Who Asked Me Podcast. Um, and then you can follow me on the TikTok at Who Asked Zell. Zell is S E L L E. And of course, my podcast is Who Asked Me. It's on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Perfect. Thank you. Make sure you do that yeah. and give her five stars on her podcast. And tell her that you love when she uses the F word. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I've been getting more trolls <gasps> online lately. And like, I'm like, it's all happening. But at the same time, I'm like, shut the fuck up. 
<laughs> because some of their shit, like, I'm like, do you feel better that you hit send on this? Truly. Somebody told me I was jealous because my head game was weak. Oh! I was like, honey, I know how to suck a dick, but my even God. if I did it. Okay. <laughs> well, shit. On that note, cuties, next week we will be covering Crazy Stupid Love for Valentine's Day. So come back for that. And we will talk to you later. Love, Love you like, like a sister. sister. Bye. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash I Am The Cute One. And go to I Am The Cute One.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you later. later. Love you like, like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.